0: I have a question for you guys. Have you heard of the Milwaukee cannibal? Welcome to No Crime Like True Crime. I'm your host Natalie and today we are going to be talking about Jeffrey Dahmer who took the lives of 17 people and did unspeakable things to their bodies. Viewer discretion is advised. I usually go into the childhood before I go into their crimes And Jeffrey Dahmer was born on May 21st of 1960 in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. His parents' names are Lionel Dahmer and Joyce Dahmer. Lionel was a research chemist and Joyce was a case manager. She had a master's in counseling. At the time, Joyce was suffering from depression and she was a hypochondriac as well. Joyce was in need of constant attention and it leads to arguments between Lionel and Joyce, which... Is really intense so that was the relationship between Lionel and Joyce so now I'm gonna go into Jeffrey's past and his childhood it was said that Jeffrey was actually a bright child when he was younger he was extremely energetic full of life however after he did his hernia surgery he changed a lot he became more quiet and withdrawn and the change was noticeable I don't think that his surgery had anything to do with, like, his future crimes or anything like that. Eventually, Jeffrey goes to elementary school, and he was extremely quiet, didn't have many friends, and a lot of teachers said that he showed early signs of abandonment, and it was said that the reason why he showed early signs of abandonment is because of his parents' neglect. In 1966... The Dahmer family moves to Doyletown, Ohio, and this is when David, Jeffrey's baby brother, was born. During this time, Lionel did get his doctorate degree. He did become a research chemist around this time. Around the age of four, Jeffrey began to get more interested in dead animals. He saw his dad taking out the bodies of dead animals from under the house, and he would watch him. Why did he watch him? It's because he was extremely fascinated with the bodies of the animals. Something he was really interested in is the sounds of the bones hitting each other. He really enjoyed the noise for some reason. Something that was bizarre, he actually had a nickname for the bones of these dead animals. So he would call them fiddlesticks. And he would actually go around the house to search for these bones because he wanted to learn more about them. I have a question for you guys. Have you heard about the Milwaukee- What would happen if chicken bones were in bleach? Of course Lionel thought that it was just curiosity. So, he showed him how to safely bleach and preserve animals, and they began collecting dead animals and dissecting them together. Two years later, the Dahmer family moved again in 1968, and he would collect more animal bones, large bugs, and left it in a jar of formaldehyde, which is colorous and a flammable gas. Eventually, Dahmer goes to high school and he became an outcast. He says that at the age of 14, he began to be interested towards necrophilia and murder. He also heavily drank alcohol when he was in high school. He drank in the daylight. He considered his medicine and he would hide liquor in his jacket to bring it to school. People thought that he may be intelligent and he got average grades according to teachers. But when he went through puberty, he realized he was gay and he would not tell his parents. Dahmer wanted to fit in. He wanted to be known. So he was considered the class clown because he played pranks. But what he did, he acted like he had seizures. And they dubbed it as doing the Dahmer because I guess at the time people thought it was funny. His fascination for necrophilia and having a submissive male just began to escalate. He begins to masturbate to these fantasies and around the age of 16 there was this jogger that typically ran around his house. He found him attractive, fantasized about him, but what he wanted was he wanted him unconscious and what Jeffrey did. and what Jeffrey did was he hid in the bush and waited, waited for hours. He wanted to attack the jogger, but he didn't. Why? Because the jogger never showed up and as time goes on, his grades begin to decline in 1978. His parents' relationship begins to go downhill, and they get divorced that same year. Lionel eventually moves out, and after that, Jeffrey Dahmer does graduate high school, and a few weeks before he graduates, his teachers notice that he's been drinking a lot. The teacher decided I'm gonna report it. and he says that he has a lot of problems at home and doesn't know what to do, and his school counselor knows everything about it. In this same year is the year Jeffrey Dahmer commits his first murder. So a couple weeks after he graduates, he meets a hitchhiker named Stephen Hicks, who was actually 19 years old at the time. So what Dahmer did was he took Hicks to the house and they were drinking because Hicks was trying to hitchhike to go to a concert which he agreed to come over to Dahmer's house. Dahmer had the house to himself because his parents weren't there as they divorced. At this time, Jeffrey Dahmer is home alone because his mom left and his father wasn't living with him. So Jeffrey and Steven, they go home together and they're just vibing, having some fun. And Steven starts talking about girls and they're just drinking and they're working out. Of course, Jeffrey's mind is somewhere else in his fantasy world. And eventually, Hicks decided that he wants to leave. Hicks wants to go to his concert, but Jeffrey doesn't want him to go to the concert. He wants him to stay. So what Jeffrey does is he grabs a 10-pound dumbbell and then strikes him in the head twice from behind. At this point, Hicks is unconscious, but what Dahmer does is he, he begins to strangle Steven with the bar and took off all his clothes and begins to masturbate above the corpse, and then drags the body to the basement after a couple of hours. The next day, Jeffrey dissects the body of Stephen and buries him in a shallow grave in the backyard. After a couple of weeks, Jeffrey Dahmer decides to check up on the body, but he notices there's still flesh on the bones, so he dissolves the flesh with some acid and flushes it down the toilet. And crushes the bone with a sledgehammer and scatters them all over the woods around his house. So after some time, Lionel comes back home with Dahmer's stepmom and they decided that they wanted him to go to school so he got enrolled into Ohio State University to major in business. But Jeffrey was not productive. He was lazy, he continued to drink alcohol, and failed pretty much all of his classes. Although Jeffrey Dahmer did have a low gpa he did get a b in his riflery class and if you're curious on how low his gpa was it was under a 1.0 jeffrey's father typically goes visit jeffrey every so often and he notices that in his dorm room jeffrey has alcohol bottles everywhere in his dorm room and jeffrey's father already paid for the second semester however jeffrey did drop out of school after a short amount of time After Jeffrey drops out of school, his father suggested that he joins the military. Eventually, Jeffrey Dahmer does join the military, and he goes to basic training. The goal is to have him become a medical specialist. So not too long after, I would say about a couple of years, he did get discharged from the army. It was an honorable discharge. You're probably wondering, oh my goodness, what did he do? He drank a lot. And his alcoholism is what caused him to get discharged from the army and they felt that he was not suited to be in the army either after he was discharged he refused to tell his parents he did not want to tell them that he got discharged from the army so he rented a hotel and refused to go home he couldn't face his dad so he stayed for a while spent all of his money on alcohol and got evicted from the hotel because he didn't pay eventually he called his dad and asked if he could move back he ended moving back to his father's that same year. However, once he moved back, it wasn't rainbow and sunshine as he thought it would be. He could not stay out of trouble. He was arrested multiple times, one because he was arrested for drunk and disorderly conduct and was fined $60 and he was sentenced to 10 days in jail. His father tried his best to get him off of alcohol, but no success. So he decided to send him to go live with his grandmother in Wisconsin. His grandmother was a sweet woman, and she was the only person that showed him affection and was the only person that believed in him and thought he would change. Jeffrey's grandma thought that maybe if he stayed with her, he will change because the amount of affection that is shown towards him, and she's going to be able to help him stop drinking alcohol and find a job. She believed that Jeffrey would become more responsible as well living with her jeffrey and his grandmother did get along jeffrey and his grandmother did live harmoniously he would do the chores follow the rules he even took her to church however the only rule that he didn't follow was drinking and smoking he even tried looking for a job and eventually he did find a job to become a phlebotomist in plasma center he stayed there for 10 months but he got laid off and after that he was unemployed for two years And he just lived off of whatever money his grandmother would help him with. Jeffrey just couldn't stay out of trouble. And in 1982, he was arrested for indecent exposure at at the Wisconsin State Fair, where he exposed himself to 25 people. And guess how much he was fined? $50. After a couple of years, he decides he wants to start going to bathhouses. And eventually, he becomes a regular there. He mentions that it's a relaxing place for him. While he's there, he has a lot of sex partners and sexual encounters. And things take a really weird turn. He does have sex a lot with his partners, but he doesn't like it. He gets extremely frustrated. Why? Because his partners won't stay in one place and won't be submissive. They keep moving. The way he sees people was as if they're objects. They shouldn't be moving. In June of 1986, he begins to put sleeping pills in his sex partner's drinks and puts them to sleep so they don't move. And keep in mind, he puts a lot of sedatives in the alcohol that he gives to his partners. He then waits till they're knocked out and completely sedated. And after they're asleep, he begins to do sexual acts to their bodies. You're probably wondering, how did he get these sleeping pills? So, he tells his doctor that he needs it for him so he could fall asleep because he works nights. After he drugged and assaulted 12 different men, he was finally banned from the bathhouse because it's extremely dangerous to mix sedatives with alcohol. Since he doesn't go to the bathhouse anymore, he decides to go to a hotel. And he begins to use the hotel For his activities. However like I said. Jeffrey Dahmer can't stay out of trouble. He was eventually arrested again. And he was masturbating. In front of two 12 year old boys. By the river. He says that he was just going to the bathroom. But no one believed it. Because there were witnesses that saw him doing things. That he shouldn't be doing in public. He only got a year of probation. And counseling. And was charged with disorderly conduct. That's all he got. So, Jeffrey Dahmer was in trouble a lot. But eventually, he commits his next murder. On November 20th of 1987. And the victim's name is Steven Tuomi. So, he takes him to a bar and takes him back to a hotel in Milwaukee. So, Dahmer has a room ready and he rents it out. He didn't want to kill Steven or anything like that. He just wanted to drug them and just take a look at his body. However, the next morning when Dahmer woke up, Steven was below him, and he passed away, and his chest was crushed in, and he had bruises everywhere. Dahmer didn't know what happened. He just saw himself bruised. He doesn't remember anything. He couldn't believe anything happened. So he disposed of Steven's body by putting him in a large suitcase and took him back to his grandma's house, where then, a week later, he dismembers him and filleted the bodies and cuts them into small pieces and puts them in different garbage bags. He gets rid of most of the remains but the head. What he does is extremely terrifying. He wraps up Steven's head in a blanket and keeps it. So he uses a mixture of Soilax and bleach to retain the skull. People probably wonder why he keeps the head of his victims. It's because he uses it for masturbation. It's freaking disgusting. And after Steven's murder, he begins to go on a killing spree. Around two months after Steven's murder, he meets a 14-year-old boy named James. Jeffrey goes up to James and offers him 50 bucks to take pictures. So he lures James to his house. However, once James got to Dahmer's house, he was immediately drugged. After James was drugged, Dahmer proceeds to strangle him. What he does next disgusting. So he takes James to the cellar and dismembers his body. Similar to what he did to he kept the head of James as well and disposed the rest of his body. And in 1988 he meets Richard Guerrero. He meets him outside of a gay bar and what he does is he lures Richard back to his house and the way he lures him is by offering to pay him $50 to spend the night with him. And once they arrive at Jeffrey Dahmer's place, Dahmer proceeds to drug him. After he drugs Richard, he uses a leather strap to strangle him and then Dahmer has oral sex with the body and then dismembers the body of Guerrero. The murder spree does not stop there. His next victim, Ronald Flowers. Jeffrey Dahmer lures Ronald to his home and drugs his coffee. Ronald Flowers was lured to Jeffrey Dahmer's grandma's house. However, Dahmer hears his grandma's voice and she's calling out to him. She's, Jeffrey, are you there? Are you home? But Jeffrey wanted to make sure she believed that he was actually alone and wasn't with anyone else. Jeffrey's grandmother eventually goes downstairs because she just feels some things off and she sees Ronald Flowers on the couch unconscious And decides to take him to the hospital. Eventually, Jeffrey's grandmother decides that Jeffrey needs to move out. He's not following the rules. He's bringing strangers to the house. He had an encounter with a mannequin where he brought home as well from the department store and did things to it. But his grandma did throw it away. And there's this terrible smell somewhere in the house. And she just decided he needs to go. He needs to leave. Jeffrey moves out and he moves to a one-room apartment. And then, like I said, he does not stay out of trouble. He gets arrested for fondling a 13 year old boy. I really don't get it. This man has been arrested more times than I can count. It's ridiculous. So like I said, Jeffrey Dahmer gets arrested again and Lionel Dahmer, Jeffrey's father, hires an attorney and has Jeffrey go under a psychological evaluation. And at this point, he's done a couple of different evaluations because his lawyer ordered more than just one. And they determined that he had schizoid personality disorder. And in 1989, he decided to plead guilty to the charges of second degree sexual assault. Although he did get convicted for sexual assault, his crimes did not stop. His next victim, Anthony Sears, who he met in 1989. He drugs him and strangles him. What he does next is extremely disturbing, so just a heads up on that. Dahmer preserves the head and the genitalia of his victim. He left it in acetone and preserved it in a wooden box that that he keeps in his work locker. I really don't know what to say to that, that's just... I'm just gonna go and continue. However, he was sentenced to five years of probation and one year in the House of Correction. Finally he registered as a sex offender and in 1990 this is where most of the murders take place. After he was released from the house of corrections he moved to the Oxford apartments and he takes the mummified head and genitalia of his victims to his new apartment. Eventually he meets his next victim Raymond Smith. He promised Raymond that he will pay him $50 if he has sex with Dahmer. And Dahmer laced him with some sleeping pills where he then strangles Smith and what he does next is absolutely disgusting. So he bought a Polaroid camera and he posed the bodies of his victims and took pictures of it. After he takes all of his pictures, what he does is he dismembers the bodies and he boils the legs of his victims and he rinses the bones in the sink. And this is all done in his bathroom. And after he did all that, he spray paints the skull of the victim and he left it next to Sears' skull. He continues to do his crimes and eventually he meets Tony Hughes, who was an aspiring model. He lures him to the house, similar to what he did to the other victims. I'll take pictures of you and I'll pay you for it. He injects him with hydrochloric acid into his skull which completely disables him from doing anything and the injection was fatal two days later he meets a 14 year old boy konirak and let's just say this part is really really upsetting so konirak like i said he's 14 years old and Dahmer approaches him and says hey i will pay you 50 dollars if you take a picture but you got to come to my house and something to know in 1988, Konorak's younger brother was actually molested by Jeffrey Dahmer. Dahmer eventually convinces Konorak to go back to his house, where then Jeffrey Dahmer drugs Konorak and he begins to perform oral sex on Konorak. And before Konorak is completely unconscious, he's led to Dahmer's bedroom where Tony Hughes's body is still there. And once he's led to the bedroom, Jeffrey Dahmer drinks a couple of beers and leaves the house. He goes to buy more alcohol. He's gone for quite some time because... And when Dahmer is on his way back, he notices that Konarek's out. And he's surrounded by pedestrians. And there's three women that were extremely worried about Konarek. Because keep in mind, he's a young boy and you can tell that he's really young. He has bruises on his knees. He's bleeding through his rectum. And he's just... Does not look like he's in the right place. He could barely talk. He was pretty drugged up as well. Dahmer runs up to them. And he's like, Oh my goodness, so this guy's my friend. You guys don't have to worry. He's just extremely drunk. Of course, the bystanders were not buying it. They're like, Okay, there's something fishy here. We're going to call the cops. And he tries to take Konarak away. Of course, the bystanders weren't letting him go. And eventually, the cops arrive. This part's extremely upsetting. So, Jeffrey Dahmer tells the police that konorek's actually his 19 year old boyfriend and he they got really drunk and got into a big fight but this he's completely in the nude and he's bleeding from his rectum and of course like the bystanders are like no 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 this is really fishy because he looks really young he could barely talk the police officers scoffed and they were like you guys need to mind your business and shut the hell up the police did not run a background check on Dahmer. If they did, they would have known that he is a registered sex offender. So the police lets Dahmer take Konorak back to his house. Where Konorak's skull gets drilled by Jeffrey Dahmer and was injected with hydrochloric acid. Because Jeffrey Dahmer wanted to make a zombie. He wanted to make someone that would be submissive, would not move. And that's what happened. And it became fatal and Konorak passed. He then dismembers Konorak and Tony and he keeps both of their skulls. And he continues his crimes. On July 22nd of 1991, he approaches three guys at the gay bar and meets a man named Tracy Edwards. He offers all three of them $100 if they go and allow him to take nude pictures. And Tracy Edwards agrees and they go to his house. And when they arrive, Tracy notices a really, really odd smell and it smells terrible in Dahmer's house. And when Tracy steps in, he notices there's a ridiculous amount of chemicals in his house. So Dahmer uses an excuse that he has a lot of chemicals because he cleans everything with it and things get a little awkward. After that, he uses handcuffs and puts it on Tracy. He takes Tracy to the room so Tracy could take pictures, and they start watching The Exorcist 3 once they get to the room. And The Exorcist 3 was Jeffrey Dahmer's favorite movie. And at this point, Jeffrey Dahmer is holding a knife, and I'm sure Tracy is unsure what's happening. He's pretty creeped out. Tracy begins to talk to Jeffrey and says, you know, can I take off my clothes, but I would need these handcuffs off because I can't take off my clothes with it on. He also asks Dahmer to put the knife away. This is when Jeffrey Dahmer pays all of his attention to Tracy and puts the knife against Tracy's chest. After he puts the knife on his chest, he says that he wants to eat Tracy's heart. At this point, I'm sure Tracy's extremely scared completely understandable. And a fight ensues. Tracy escapes. Once he escapes the apartment, he runs as fast as he can. He eventually finds two officers and he waves them down. And the officer notices that Tracy has handcuffs on his wrist. Tracy explains that there is a man who put handcuffs on him and attempted to kill him. And it was terrifying. Tracy Edwards took the police officers to Dahmer's house. And Dahmer allows them to come in. And once the police officers are in, Dahmer noticed that there's a knife on the floor, and he kind of gets scared. He makes an attempt to hide it, but failed. The police officers told him to stay away and just let them do their job. Eventually, the officer stumbles into the bedroom, and this is where all of the Polaroid pictures were discovered. Dahmer made an attempt to escape, but failed. He was arrested right then and there. They found a total of seven skulls in his house. They continue to find terrifying things in Dahmer's house, such as two hearts, arm muscle. They even found an entire torso. They even found organs and all types of things. The amount of evidence against Jeffrey Dahmer were enormous. They found two entire skeletons. They found severed arms, severed legs. They found anything you could think of. It was crazy. On torsos that were in acid, they found about 74 pictures of Polaroid with the victims. And in 1991, Dahmer confesses to all of his crimes. It took about 60 hours, but he did confess to everything. He confessed that he murdered Stephen Hicks in 1978. He also explained that he's extremely fascinated in necrophilia and he's done things to the victims' bodies as well. He confessed that that he consumed body parts of his victims, such as the bicep, liver, arm, muscle, etc, etc. Liver is absolutely ridiculous. He ate them because he wanted them to be a part of him. And when they questioned him, why do you have skulls all over? Why did you keep the skulls of your victim? He says that it made him feel like he was at home. It helped him relax. And in 1992, he was deemed sane to stand trial. Jeffrey Dahmer plead guilty to 15 charges and Dahmer was given 15 life sentences. He was imprisoned at the Wisconsin Columbian Correctional Institution. And while Dahmer was in prison, he was interviewed a lot. He was interviewed by so many people and they deemed him as one of the worst serial killers in modern history. And while Dahmer was in prison, it was said that he wanted to commit suicide many times. And on November 28th of 1994, Christopher Scarver attacked Jeffrey Dahmer with a metal rod and he beat him with it. And Jeffrey Dahmer was killed. And this happened in the bathroom, but Dahmer didn't fight back. And that's pretty much the end of the case of Jeffrey Dahmer. So something to know is with the Konarak case, I know that it was really upsetting and something that really upset me was that the officers actually deemed it as a domestic dispute when it happened. So that was really upsetting. And during this time, there was actually another serial killer, John Wayne Gacy. That- but yeah, um. so I wanted to mention those before I end the episode. I'm so sorry for the dark episode. I know that it's really rough. And it was really hard for me to really film this one too. But... And I also apologize for not uploading last week. I had a ton of audio issues, which is my fault. I am still learning how to do the podcast, but I really appreciate you guys for being patient with me and thank you for tuning in to No Crime Like True Crime. We upload every Monday and if you'd like, you could always follow us on Instagram and give us suggestions there. We are also on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Samsung Podcasts. And again, thank you so much for listening. See you guys next week. Stay safe.